Hey there, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get the gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions, such as how do I get my show on Spotify and all the other places people love to listen? How can I make money with this podcast? And where do I want to host this show? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors so you can get paid to podcast. As an Anchor user myself, I love how easy it is to upload my podcast and the fact I can get to Spotify and other platforms. Plus, I love the fact I can now start making money with my talent and my podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. This is the Gem on the Queen's Crown. A podcast talking about Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Here's the host, Lee W. Mowen. Hey sports fan, welcome back to the Gem on the Queen's Crown, episode number 11. And I'm quite excited about this episode mainly because I thought of this idea right after getting done with episode 10 and breaking the one-month slump of not doing a podcast. So I'm quite excited for it, and I'm also excited to bring you the high school playoff pairings and all the local schools in Cincinnati and Dayton. We'll handle that first before we dive into the meat and bones of episode number 11, which is the possibility of having... Something like a Crossroads Classic here in Ohio. But before we jump into both of those things, let's run down the social media gatherings. You can follow me on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen. That's where I'm the most active at. Also Facebook. Give the thumbs up to the Gem on the Queen's Crown page. Also Instagram too at the Lee W. Mowen. Visit my website, theleadwmallon.com. My podcast now comes with an option to subscribe to it via email. Just visit theleadwmallon.com, click on the podcast tab, and there's a little link saying subscribe via email, and you can get the emails. I just set that up this morning, actually, on the 30th of October, whenever you're listening to this. Also, visit gemcitysports.com, the official host of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, don't forget you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and also visit the listing on Acast. Visit Acast and search for the gem on the Queen's Crown. There are a ton of options to listen to the gem on the Queen's Crown. The podcast sharing you the great world of Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Let's go ahead and jump into the high school football pairings. As you might know, in the state of Ohio, not everyone gets in. It is determined by points. Your strength of schedule, your record helps too. 
before I tell you the eight in each division that's represented by Cincinnati and Dayton, what I want to say to all the football teams that battled out there this season, I'm proud of all of you. You put in that hard work. You created bonds with your teams. You gave your community something to be proud of. I know it's tough not making the playoffs, but chins up. So let's go ahead and start with Division 1, Region 3. I'm getting this off of the OHSAA website, which is ohsaa.org. Or, if you like pretty pictures of helmets, which who doesn't, you can visit ohioshshelmets.webs.com and then you can hit the 2017 playoffs and you can see all the pictures on there. That's the source I'm going to use. So let's go ahead. Division 1, Region 3. The Centerville Elks are the overall number one seed. Took care of business on a rainy Friday against the Beaver Creek Beavers. And just dropping one game at Northmont, who happens to be number six in Division 1, Region 3. The Elks will host number eight, Hilliard Darby. So the Elks will host Hilliard Darby, one versus eight. And you're... Two versus seven battle. The Kettering Fairmont Firebirds. Great year for Fairmont this season. They'll be at number two Hilliard Bradley, which is just west of Columbus. Your three versus six battle. The number six Thunderbolts of Northmont. They took down previously undefeated Centerville at their place. The Bolts get a date at number three Pickerington Central. In your four versus five, in Huber Heights, the Wayne Warriors, who are seeded number four, will host number five, Pickerington North. Like I mentioned in episode 10, Division One Region 3 is mostly Columbus schools, with the exception of the biggest schools in Cincinnati and Dayton. So, to see not one, not two, not three, but four Sunday representatives in the playoffs, it's quite a big deal. And like I mentioned at Ohio HS Helmets, you see the football helmets, uh, the eight on there. Fairmont's got a navy blue helmet with the Firebird logo on it. Not the full Firebird logo. The full one, if you look at it upside down, you can see a dragon. And that's a nice note for Fairmont West and East history, if you don't know. For Wayne, they got the white helmets with the big W and the warrior head in the middle of the letter. For Centerville, there's the big letter C and Elks in the letter. And Northmont, they have the Tampa Bay Lightning logo on their helmets in yellow on green helmets. And I'll be honest, I like the old style helmets that Northmont had a lot better. Where they had the Chargers lightning bolt across. Again, green helmets, white bolt, and yellow trim. I love those. Fairmont, I think when I covered their game on 980 WONE, when they had high school football and I got to do two games on AM radio, I think their helmet, that was back in 2011, so I could be wrong, they had kind of like an eagle's wing on it. Very distinctive look, and... Centerville, let's say they also have kind of like the wings, you know, like the Michigan Wolverines helmet do, or locally Arcanum. 
That's a classic look the Trojans have been rocking for a while. They have something like that, but not completely. It's more like elk antlers, because, you know, they're the elks. At least I think. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, send an email to the usual address. Division 1, Region 4 time! And these are all Cincinnati battles. So for Division 1, Region 4, you have number 1, St. Xavier, and the Bombers hosting number 8, Fairfield, in the Indians. Your 2 and 7 will be Colerain hosting Muller. Your 3 and 6 will be Mason hosting first year West Claremont and the Wolves. They have the wings. It's Navy wings with silver helmets, but I'm supposed to tell you that after I get through all the matchups. And Milford, a team that I got to PA for one time earlier this season because of a guess rain out. I forget. I forget why they had that game on Saturday now. There was a lot of delayed games that day. Uh, Milford will be traveling to number four, Sycamore, which is just up 275 for the Eagles. So your helmets look like this. As I mentioned, these are all Cincinnati teams, Division One, Region 4. San X, a white helmet with a blue stripe down the middle and an outstretched X. Not like the Xavier Musketeers X. The northwest to southeast point of the X is thicker than the southwest to northeast. Like I said, go see them on Ohio HS helmets. My descriptions probably aren't helping you see them. Fairfield's got a red helmet with a italicized F in white with black trim. Kind of reminds me of the Cincinnati Flames F, their uh, summer baseball team in the area. Number two, Colerain, a white helmet with the Cardinal logo with teeth. Which is always funny because Cardinals and Birds in general don't have teeth. But... It is a cool logo, very similar to Louisville's. It is a little bit different, I believe. And Muller, a navy blue helmet with the Muller shield, which is a big M in the middle of a shield. Three and six, Mason, white helmet. I believe that's a very dark green stripe down the middle with a big M. And West Claremont, like I mentioned, a gray helmet with navy wings they are the wolves as they are a combination of the glen sd trojans were purple and white i believe and the barons of i believe it's the barons of amelia now yeah i believe it's the barons of amelia which i don't remember what the color scheme was but i remember it's the barons and i like the barons name Milford, a white helmet with a red M on top, a big, thick red stripe down the middle. And Sycamore, yellow helmets, a green S, a big green S with white trim. And that's your Division One Region 4 look-see. We now move on to Division Two Region 8. Here's some more Cincinnati battles for you. Number one, LaSalle will host number eight, Harrison, which is close to the Indiana border, southwest Ohio. Your two and seven, the number two Winton Woods Warriors will host number seven Chillicothe. Three and six, the Redskins of Anderson, which is by my uncle's house, host the number six Troy Trojans. And your four and five, a great year for the Yellow Jackets of Sydney. They're the number four seed. They'll host number five Belmont out of Dayton, Ohio. So your helmets... LaSalle's got a white helmet with black numbers on the side. Harrison black helmets with the Harrison H in green and a Wildcat roaring on top of the letter. Winton Woods Warriors, they have the blue and green color scheme, much like Dayton's Chaminade Julienne. 
a blue helmet with a white and green spear. Very similar to the Florida State Seminoles logo. And Chillicothe blue helmets with a C letter in white and two swords underneath. Kind of like the Virginia logo, the University of Virginia. Your three and six, Anderson, a black helmet. Looks like an orange spear in the middle of the helmet heading down towards the face mask. And the Anderson Redskins logo facing towards said face mask. Troy Trojans, their classic star logo. Gray helmets, the star in white with red trim and Trojans in cursive. Your Sydney Yellow Jackets have a black helmet with the Sydney Fighting Yellow Jacket in yellow. And Belmont, very classic light blue color with a red and white stripe. And the Bison is half red, half white. Very cool logo for Belmont and the Bison. Onwards to Division 3, Region 12. Number 1, Trotwood Madison. They'll host number 8, Elida. Your 2 and 7 battle is Chaminade Julian at Archbishop Altar. A great central, a great greater Catholic League battle. Your 3 and 5 is the Franklin Wildcats hosting New Richmond. No relation to Richmond, Indiana. At least I don't think. And your four and five is Goshen, hosting number five, Dunbar. So your helmets, Trotwood Madison has the L.A. Rams look, except the this kit, or this helmet rather, because Trotwood Madison had red helmets with white horns, or maybe vice versa, if I'm remembering wrong. The horn itself is dark red, and the helmet itself is a lighter shade of red. Elida's got a black helmet with... A very Green Bay-ish style E, except, you know, it's not a G, it's an E. There you go. An orange stripe down the middle. Archbishop Ulter in the gold with the brown A. Shamna Julian in the green with a white eagle's wing tipped with green feathers and blue trim. Number three, Franklin in the black helmets with cats in cursive, and the C does have the claws like the Cincinnati Bearcats logo. New Richmond in the red helmets and they have an oval in white with black trim and NR in the oval. And Goshen looks like charcoal gray helmets with red numbers, white trim. Dunbar blue helmets and their Wolverines logo in white outline. Time for Division 4 Region 16. Number 1 Valley View who completed an undefeated season against Eaton in Week 10. They'll host number 8, Waverly. Your 2-3 and three battle is Cincinnati-Wyoming hosting number 7, London. Your 3-6 and six is Taft hosting Indian Hill. And 4-5 and five is Clinton Massey hosting Jonathan Alder in Plain City. So, Valley View Spartans, like I mentioned last episode, I went there for high school. And that Navy helmet with nothing on it is a very, very, very classic look. Wavery has a very big tiger paw print. Think of the Clemson Tigers logo. Very big, almost covering the entire helmet. Number two, Cincinnati, Wyoming. They have the Colts horseshoe with the W in the middle, as they are the Cowboys. And it's a white helmet with a blue stripe down the middle. London with an L with feathers hanging off the top of the letter. A white helmet for London. Number three, Taft. I can't tell what it is down the middle, but it's mostly yellow with a green helmet. Indian Hills got the 
feather head on top, white feathers, gray tips, red tips, and Clinton Massey in the blue helmets, Massey Falcons. Clinton Massey, of course, representing Massey Township in Clinton County, the blue helmets, white logo, red trim, white letters, and Jonathan Alder looks like they have the plain black helmets. Onwards to Division 5, Region 20. Number 1, Miami East. East of Troy and Castown. They'll host number 8, Reading, out of Cincinnati. 2 and 7, believe that's Middletown, Madison, hosting number 7, Anna. Number 3, Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, hosting number 6, Greenview. And number 4, Bethel Tate, hosts number 5, West Jefferson, around the Columbus area. Helmet-wise, Miami East, blue helmets, white V, and horns coming out of it. And Redding has a blue helmet as well. They have a white pitchfork with red shadows. I like the shadow look. Number two, Middletown Masson, red helmets, white mohawk logo, red feathers. And Anna will don the white helmets with green letters, black and green trim. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, black helmets, a black wing with blue and white trim. Greenview white helmets. Think of the St. Louis Rams logo. I guess it'd be the Los Angeles Rams too. They haven't technically got rid of that. But instead of having the Rams horns on the helmets, it is the Rams logo, which is blue and red. Red horns on the blue ram. Bethel Tate gray helmets with white paws and red trim. They are the Tigers. And West Jefferson gold helmet and a brown WJ representing West Jefferson west of Columbus. Division 6, Region 24. Number 1, Lima Central Catholic hosts number 8, Dayton Christian. Number 2, Marion Local will host number 7, Fort Recovery. 3 and 6 will be Spencerville hosting Mechanicsburg. Number 5, Bethel will be at number 4, Coldwater. Number 1, Lima Central Catholic. They got the red helmets. Very similar to what Twin Valley South had years ago. Also happens to be my logo for fantasy football and my team, but you don't care about that. Dayton Christian, black helmet, a white, no, make that a silver W with purple trim. Dayton Christian on top of the letter. Marion Local, the yellow helmets with the white and blue stripes down the middle against white and purple down the middle on silver Fort Recovery helmets. Spencerville's got black Football helmets with a silver S and red trim. The S is styled like the Cincinnati Bearcats letter, except there's no line on the bottom of the logo. Mechanicsburg, a dark purple helmet with yellow outlying feathers and white tips. Coldwater, the orange helmets with the black shield and the wishbone C, stabbed by swords. And Bethel, they have a diagonal yellow stripe separating dark green and white and the Bethel B, about ready to sting someone facing towards the open part of the helmet. Now time to look at Division 7, Region 28. The last division and region with Cincinnati-Dayton schools. Crestview, number 1, hosts number 8, Ansonia. Number 2, Layman Catholic hosting number 7, Perry. Your 3-6 and six battle of St. John's, Delphos St. John's hosting Riverside. And number five, Fort Loramie, will be at number four, Minster. Your helmets look like this, and Sonia's got the plain black helmet with the orange stripe down the middle, the Tigers. And they'll be at number one, Crestview, with the blue helmets, 
And it looks like a knight with a sword pointing down towards the ear hole of the helmets. Layman Catholic, a plain blue helmet with a yellow face mask. Perry's got a white helmet. Can't tell exactly what it is. Looks like a chain down the middle of the helmet and a red number with black trim. Number three, St. John's, the blue helmets with STJ, kind of like St. John's University of NCAA fame, except this is in yellow with white trim. Riverside has a stylized R. Kind of reminds me of the Richmond River Rats R on their hats. It's a little bit different. It looks like a little bolt after the R connects up top. That's a red R with white trim. Number four, Minster, plain black helmets. Fort Loramie, black helmets, white and red stripes down the middle. And a football-shaped logo with FL in red with white trim and a spear with feathers on the back. Again, if these descriptions don't do it for you, you can visit ohiohighschoolhelmets.webs.com and you can check out all of the 2017 playoff helmets. Round two, well, everyone's got a white helmet with a black question mark, meaning we don't know who's won yet because that's still to happen later this week. That's your playoff look for Cincinnati-Dayton area. And good luck to everyone in the playoffs. As we now turn our attention to the main attraction in episode number 11. And that happens to be the possibility of a Crossroads Classic type tournament in the state of Ohio. So let's go ahead and name the source. This is from the Cincinnati Inquirer, Cincinnati.com. Patrick Brennan wrote the article on October 26th at 8.04 p.m. It was published and updated a couple days ago at 1.57 p.m. So you might know that Ohio State has a new men's basketball coach, no longer Thad Matta. It is Chris Holtman, formerly of Butler University and the Bulldogs and the Big East. And he's getting the ball rolling in Columbus. And according to the article written by Patrick Brennan, Coach Holtman said several times in recent days he'd like to see the major Ohio men's programs, which is listed on here, Ohio State, Xavier, Dayton, and Cincinnati, collaborate on a project similar to Crossroads Classic in Indiana. And Chris Mack, the head coach of Xavier's men's basketball team, he said he'd be interested. And this happened on a recruiting trip on the road, according to Coach Mack, to the Inquirer. Says he'd be awesome for this state of Ohio. And of course, if you don't know what the Crossroad Classic is in Indiana, it's the big basketball programs. Of course, basketball being big in Indiana, you might know that. Notre Dame... Butler, Purdue, and Indiana University getting together and playing in a tournament. Banker's Life Fieldhouse, and they do. I was going to call it Conseco, but it hasn't been that for years. The home of the Indiana Pacers and the Indiana Fever. It'll be the Boilermakers hosting Butler on Saturday, December 16th at noon, and Indiana versus Notre Dame after that. So big programs in Indiana getting together in what is possibly the biggest basketball arena in the Hoosier State. So what would it be like in the state of Ohio? Well, if it's like the Crossroad Classics, the four teams I mentioned, your big teams in Ohio, you know, 
OSU, Dayton, Xavier, and Cincinnati. I think that draws some pretty pennies. So we continue to roll through the article. It mentions Coach Holtman was part of the Crossroad Classic Series, which, you know, his Butler Bulldogs you know, took on Indiana, Notre Dame, and Purdue. One of the things that was mentioned in this article on Cincinnati.com, Coach Mack wanted his series against Coach Cronin and the Cincinnati Bearcats protected, meaning, you know, you don't move it out of Cincinnati. Next year, the Cincinnati Bearcats actually have a home-and-home starting in Cincinnati with the Buckeyes. I think it might be the first one back at Fifth Third Arena after the renovation. So, with this article... Again, Cincinnati.com, Patrick Brennan, the author of this article. That sounds cool, but what if we expanded it more and made it better than the Crossroads Classic? So, I did a little research while doing laundry at said favorite laundromat. And, I came to find out there's 13 Division I schools in the state of Ohio. By find out, I mean do the math, I guess. Of course, you have Wright State and Dayton, which is covered a lot on this podcast with Miami, Cincinnati, Xavier, and Southwest. Ohio State and Columbus in northwestern part of the state. You have Toledo and Bowling Green State University. That's a great rivalry up there. In the northeast quadrant, you have Cleveland State, Youngstown State of the Horizon League with Wright State and Akron. And southeast Ohio, you have Kent State and the Ohio Bobcats. And I split it into regions. Unofficially, I got five in Southwest Ohio, two Division I programs in Northwest, three in the Northeast, and two in the Southeast, and just one in the Central. There's also a lot of representatives in the MAC and the Horizon League. The MAC has six schools in Ohio, Horizon League with three, and you have one each for the A-10, being Dayton, Big East, Xavier, American, Cincinnati, and Big Ten Ohio State. So 13 schools means there's going to be one team out or one team on a bye. If you were to have such a big project like this, where exactly would you host it? What exactly would you do? I mean, the first year you can't just have a team off bye just because... I also thought if you had a big expanded tournament like this... What's about the rivalries? What about the conference foes? Because I know in high school, if you play a team more than once, it doesn't count for non-conference, and that's fine. I mean, there's been times where I've called uh, basketball games around my hometown of West Alexandria, and they would play each other, you know, more than once, part of the basketball tournament or what have you. And one game would count for conference, the other game wouldn't. In NCAA rules, I'll be honest, I don't really know if that's allowed or not. I don't know if it'd be, oh, okay, well, you, well, in the Horizon League, you play your foes twice. A-10, you play certain foes twice, home and home. So that would be Wright State, Youngstown State, Cleveland State in the Horizon. The MAC, I'm not 100% sure, uh, to be honest. But you have home and homes, Raiders, Penguins, and Vikings. If you had a tournament, third time, 
NCAA would be like, no, you must not play. Of course, this is me expanding it because, you know, I like to see you know, the state of Ohio. I like to see the mid-majors get a chance to play, you know, the major teams. One, because that'd be great. It'd be a great game to see. And two, it's great for the state of Ohio. I already mentioned in the article that Coach Mack wants to keep the Crosstown shootout alive. I always forget if it's shootout or showdown. Showdown's the football uh, showcase in southwest Ohio, southeast Indiana, and north, northern Kentucky. So if you had a 13-team showcase, how would that work? Question is, I don't know. I'm just thinking this. I did have a post on Twitter and Facebook asking fans to give their take on it, but unfortunately, it didn't happen like I planned, so that's okay. But... I would like to see something like this happen, and I'd like to see everyone get a chance to be in the showcase. A while back, on uh, Dayton Daily News, I don't have the article on here, it mentioned Conference USA is locking down on their non-conference schedule, meaning it'd be tougher to schedule non-conference games for you know foes out there. If you had a big tournament, well, there's a couple right off the books. There you go. Like I mentioned, the hosting thing, if you keep it like the Crossroad Classics, your four big schools in Ohio, nationwide, I think nationwide would be the best because, A, it's not connected with any university. I'm trying to think if Ohio State's basketball arena, which is Value City Arena, rest in peace, Value City, I'm trying to think if that's bigger than Nationwide. I don't think it is. But Nationwide, you know, is the fancy arena in town. I'm not going to say new because it opened in, what, 2000? But still, it's very nice. I like going there for Blue Jackets games. Basketball work there. I mean, in Southwest Ohio, if U.S. Bank Arena ever gets renovated, that'd be a cool place to have it. But again... You know, that's coming to the point where is it going to be like the 13 schools battling it out type of thing? Cleveland, you have the Q, of course. The NBA's Cleveland Cavaliers call the Quicken Loans Arena home. That'd be a nice place. It's an, it's an NBA court. Therefore, you're playing on the same court as LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Derek Rose this year, Kevin Love. You're getting to play on the same court that the Cavs do for their season. That'd be cool. But again, that's in Cleveland. Not quite central like Columbus is. Then again, Columbus isn't, you know, dead on central, but it's close enough. Northwestern Ohio. Huntington Arena is probably the biggest one in Toledo. Southeast Ohio. Good question. I'm not sure. also thought Canton, the Canton Charge, have their own place. I don't know how big that is. I don't know how fancy that place is. Part of the NBA G League. Used to be the D League, the Canton Charge. Been around, I think, 2011? 2010? Something like that? Pretty much, if it is just like the Crossroads Classic, 
in Indiana. It'll be at Nationwide. It'll be the four biggest basketball schools battling it out. And also mentioned about the local connections. And I like this paragraph again. Patrick Brennan, the author. The Buckeyes famously lost to Dayton in a 2014 NCAA tournament second round game. I think I had a baseball game for the Flyers that day. Maybe it was softball. I don't remember, but I remember listening to it on uh, WHIO. I just remember being as happy as I could be just hearing Dayton beating Ohio State. And my doctor's office in Farmersville has it framed. The University of Dayton. And I can't tell you, every time I see that, it cheers me up. Normally because I'm sick when I go in there. You know, doctor's office. But enough about doctors. Also mentions two years previous, Ohio State beat Cincinnati in the Sweet 16. That'd be 2012. Coach Mack also brought up a nice point that Ohio State wouldn't necessarily need to be the driving force behind the product, the project. But if the Buckeyes didn't have a hand in it, who knows if it'd get done. So what would this tournament be called? Ohio's the Buckeye State. You know, UC. I love those shirts. Wish I got one, but I didn't. Buckeye Bash. I don't know. I would try to avoid Buckeye because if Ohio State's in it, you know, Buckeyes, you know, Buckeye, hey, you know, Ohio State. It's all Ohio State. Let's look at Ohio State. Who are these three other schools? Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State. But then again, Buckeye is a very big image in Ohio. I don't know if you want to name it after the city, Columbus, Columbus, I don't know. I didn't think of any names. That was one thing I forgot to. I was thinking like, well, if we have all 13 schools, what would we do type of thing? So I thought play by regions, then you're going to have uneven regions because like I said, Southwest has five and... There's one hanging around Central Ohio, Ohio State, unless you group OSU to Southeast. You have the problem of Southeast has two MAC schools, that's it. Northeast, two of the three are Horizon League schools. Northwest, two MACs. And Southwest, well, that's your biggest, that's your most differential in terms of that. Wright State's Horizon, Dayton's A-10, Miami's in the MAC, UC American and Xavier in the Big East, I thought, well, what about Northern Kentucky? But then again, it's Northern Kentucky. I know it feels just like Cincinnati when you cross the bridge because it's a big part of the Cincinnati Metro. But uh, I don't know. Would that be cool? Would that be team number 14 and you have seven games right there and have a little bracket type of thing? Yeah, that'd be cool. But, you know, whatever your thoughts about that. I mean, the Norse are a good team. I mean, beautiful BB&T Arena. Norm, uh, formerly the Bank of Kentucky Center. NKU's very nice campus. I've been there once. Twice, actually. Their soccer field's amazing. I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted. So, with the whole thing of you want to avoid, you know, same conference battles if it's illegal in the NCAA... You want to protect your rivalries in place, which would be the Crosstown shootout with Cincinnati and Xavier. 
uh, Toledo and Bowling Green, they're in the MAC, so they have the crosstown rivalry there. Miami and Ohio, the Battle of the Bricks, that's always an entertaining series. You also have to think about the home-and-home as well. Like I said, Cincinnati's got that starting next season with Ohio State, first in Cincinnati, then finishing up in Columbus. Buckeyes also had a closed-door scrimmage at Xavier. I really do like how Coach Holtman's reaching out to the other college basketball programs. It seems like Coach Holtman's really running off the ground with his Buckeyes, and it's going to be very interesting to see. Now keep in mind, this isn't, you know, set in stone. This isn't happening. This is just, hey, I saw this article. I wanted to talk about it type of thing. It looks like it might happen in the near future, but it's not set in stone. What if you really want to extend it? Women's basketball, there's great programs in the state. I mean, Ray State a couple years back won... Well, was co-champions of the Horizon League. Went to the first big dance a couple years ago. I mean, Dayton Flyers picked to win the Atlantic 10. Very good programs in Dayton, Miami. I mean, Cincinnati, Xavier, Ohio State. There's a lot of great women's basketball programs in this state. And eventually, I'm going to have Jim DeBelt talk about high school basketball starting up, which basketball starts very soon. In fact... Later this week, the Flyers have an exhibition. Basketball is back. What do you guys think of that? I'm not hearing you cheers, but that's because I live in a different house. Sorry, that's not relevant. But what about a women's basketball tournament like that? That would be cool. What about Division Two, Division Three? There's good schools in Ohio. It doesn't matter that it's not Division One. It matters that they play. That's why I try to cover as much. And I realize I missed a couple schools last week. I mean, it was about two hours. I'm like, oh, I missed this school. Crap. So I do apologize if I miss schools. But my whole thought is, Division two, Division three, you still see a lot of great athletes. You still see a good quality game out there. If you're nearby a team, give them your support. Could we ever see a Division Two, Division Three bracket like that? I don't know. And like I mentioned, this is all just ideas. It's not picked to happen. It looks like it could happen, but it's not, hey, this is happening next season. Jump on the boat and go, go, go type of thing. Again, the article is from Patrick Brennan of the Cincinnati Inquirer. And it's titled, Xavier, Ohio State, UC, and Dayton, an all-Ohio college hoops event? Chris Mack is listening. I personally hope this happens, because during the winter season, when I'm in my car and, and I'm heading to work, I'm a fiend with my radio. I normally switch it between Cincinnati and Dayton radio stations. If there's multiple games on during time, I mean, sometimes Wright State and Dayton play on the same day. I'll switch it over, listen to the Raiders a little bit, listen to the Flyers a little bit. And Cincinnati's playing, you know, get the Red Hawks, the Bearcats, and the Musketeers on. Normally, Musketeers and UC don't play at the same time, which is nice because means there's only one station to remember for those games. But during the winter season, I do listen to my fair share of local college basketball. And I hope you do the same as well. 
listen or watch. I'm old school. I like the radio broadcast. So that will wrap up episode number 11. I like the idea. I wanted to share it with you, the listener, and wanted to see how that sounded to you, the fans. Do you want, like the Crossroads Classic, where it's the four teams playing at a neutral court, maybe an NHL rink, NBA court? That'd be cool. Would you like to see all the D1 Ohio schools get a shot at it? Would you like to see something else? So I guess the moral of this story is basketball's coming soon, so you can expect a lot of high school basketball material coming from me in the upcoming weeks. I know college soccer's wrapping up. Got a chance to announce an Atlantic 10 tournament. Flyers are the host for the men's soccer semifinals and finals and maybe a quarterfinals game. Wright State swimming season's underway. Got to announce that last Saturday. The men took care of business against Milwaukee. Women hosted Milwaukee and Marshall. Volleyball season's wrapping up. It's it's quite amazing to see that fall sports are winding down and winter sports are kicking up into high gear. Hockey's already started. You know that from my talks about it. Basketball's starting. And before you know it, it's going to be holiday season and then it's going to be baseball and softball season and soccer again so that will do it for episode number 11 of the gem on the queen's crown again social media give my facebook page a big old thumbs up it's the gem on the queen's crown follow me on twitter and instagram at the lee w mowen t-h-e-l-e-w-m-o-w-e-n wow that's a lot of fun to spell also, go to my website, theleadwmallon.com. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, there's a listing on Acast now. You can also subscribe to the podcast via email. Just did that this morning, October 30th, 2017. So you can subscribe and you can be alerted on when I do my podcast thing. Also, visit the website of the host gemcitysports.com episode number 11 in the books and I hope to be back next week with episode 12 keep in touch fans thanks for listening thanks for listening to the gem on the queen's crown don't forget to like the facebook page the gem on the queen's crown follow the podcaster the Lee W. Mowen on twitter and instagram also, visit www.theleadwmallon.com and www.gemcitysports.com.